I often will go to like Wednesday day games, mm -hmm. um, which is something I couldn't do before, mm -hmm. um, which are kind of my favorite games to yeah. go to or <laughs> yep. like midweek day games. That was news cameraman Josh Keppel. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week, this podcast features photographers, artists, musicians, business owners, and other San Franciscans talking about living, working, and doing their thing here. It's a way to get to know your neighbors. Welcome to episode 25, part two. In part one, Josh talked about the day in 2001 when he was lucky enough to have captured Barry Bond's record-setting 73rd home run of the season. But a dispute between two fans ended up in a court case that lasted more than a year. In this episode, Josh will talk about that case and a documentary movie he helped make about it. This podcast is the first in a series of episodes we'll be doing over the course of the baseball season as the Giants celebrate their 60th year in San Francisco. Here's Josh. So the story just kind of got stranger and stranger as the more we kind of dove into it. So basically our, you know, what ends up on our news is kind of like, hey, here's the guy that ended up with the ball, the, the Bay Area's newest millionaire. And and no one really had the time to do the story about the controversy. Right. Um, and so then the next day in our like meeting at work about what stories are we going to cover someone comes into the meeting and is like um josh and ted are in the newspaper about this baseball thing <laughs> and the chronicle had written a story about the one guy saying that he caught it and the other guy ending up with it and and actually saying that we had video that showed wow. that he caught it and um and so we were like well can we do that story today right <laughs> so we ended up reaching out to both parties and and that kicked off what i think ended up being like an 18 month court case wow <laughs> and during the course of that court case is when all the steroid stuff came out mm -hmm. and and people just really didn't care for barry bonds much anymore mm -hmm. and um it really was it you know you could almost look at it like the whole thing came crashing down where it, but also in that time the giants went to the world series and came really fucking close to winning it yeah that's so true what that's a true crazy time yeah it it was and i covered that was it all seven games of that world series and um that was heartbreaking that game, yes game we, six. we won't talk oh, about that man, anymore i know thank god we have we have hindsight good years we have <laughs> some really awesome hindsight yeah. so yeah so basically uh there were a bunch of lawyers and they <laughs> were arguing ownership over the ball um one thing that i found amusing was that you know they had to come up with something to reference the videotape which each side claimed proved their side was right so prime evidence yeah exactly and which is all like i you know didn't know much about property law um and it was interesting to to really kind of get to dive into this case and see like oh wow each side is saying that the same piece of video is proving their case you know which just shows you the like you just it's each side can have their own perspective and interpretation on things. And so were, were but, there any issues around them obtaining the video? No. Um, at the time that it was filmed, 
our station was a few months away from becoming the NBC affiliate for the Bay Area. And we were just an independent station. Oh, got it. That not a lot of people knew about. So our bosses agreed to essentially give this videotape out to everyone who wanted it at all the stations because this was going to be a big story we were going to be following for a long time Mm -hmm. and we put you know a little logo of ours on there (laughs) kind of like hey everybody Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so yeah so they got they could have just recorded it off the news or i don't remember if we they may have subpoenaed the state you know i think i got subpoenaed like it was um i didn't have to testify or anything but they probably got a copy from us if not from us from just the tv right um but yeah so they ended up calling the video the keppel tape (laughs) and so it would be hilarious when i would be there covering the court case in the courtroom with my tv camera standing like in the jury box you know (laughs) and they're saying my name over and over in court i mean does this ever have like the whole thing with camera people is that they're behind right they're yeah. not the story yeah yeah um no it was very unprecedented yeah and, and so many press new precedents <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> all over so yeah so this thing this court case dragged on and on and on through the world series and i mean it, it was like actively happening you know you could watch the court case in the daytime and a world series game at night <laughs> and go back to the court case the next day. Wow. Um, were you, so you were the main uh, camera person covering it. So I just or? kind of covered it on big days. Okay. Um, but at this uh, shortly after this whole thing happened with the ball getting hit, um, a, f- a guy contacted me maybe a couple weeks after it happened and said hey I want to interview you for a documentary that I'm making about this baseball thing and I uh, have always wanted to make documentaries and a former colleague of mine when he heard about this story was like oh my gosh you should make a documentary about this like this is perfect so I started saving anything that I would do while covering the story. And if anyone was going to cover the story is always going to be me. Mm-hmm. So I had, you know, a little treasure trove of video that I just collected because normally after a week we just tape over stuff and right. it's gone forever. Right. So I thought, oh, I'm going to just keep kind of hang on to this stuff. So I ended up partnering up with this director who wanted to make a movie about it. And I said, well, here's the deal. I also want to make a movie. I've been saving all this stuff. Let's do it together and I still have to work my regular job so you can kind of like take over doing the stuff that I couldn't do because I'm working. Right. Um, so we had another a couple other people who would help shoot stuff. And um, and so, yeah, on big days, I would go cover it for my work. And um, and it uh, it it was the the people who were I actually just last week ran into someone who was one of the people in the scrum um which were all just random people that just happened to be standing there at the time i would think fairly diehard fans there on a yeah last game of the season did they make the playoffs that year i don't i don't think so i don't think i don't think there was any. they did in 2000 next year was the year they went to the world series but i would think the last game of the season of a team that's right. not really going anywhere. Right, right. They're there to they're there for the team and then they're they're yeah. there to see Barry Bonds yeah. maybe yeah. hit. 
Um, so yeah, so I, I, there, there ended up being this almost fraternity of people who all just have survivors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> happened to be at the, this place at this time when this event happened. Um, and I was in Yauntville, um, a week ago and someone said, Hey Josh. And it was one of the guys that was there who, how you know, did, 16, 17 years later, so I'm so running into. So how do they know you? So they know me because I started, because I made this documentary, basically. Right. So we ended up spending a lot of time together. And then oh, when the movie, the movie ended up being in theater. So we would, they, you know, Bring we do Q&As afterwards mm -hmm. and all the people were lovely. I mean, we, this guy, Doug, um, we, he has a dental practice in Crockett. Mm -hmm. And Love we, uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is of Doug drilling this lady's teeth <laughs> and talking to the camera. Like, yes. I, I just wanted to get video of him working, you know? Yeah. But he's just kind of like, oh, the camera's there. I got to, like, talk about tell him what's going on. So yeah. he's drilling this lady's teeth and is, like, talking about the story of the baseball. And That's she's amazing. just sitting there, can't do anything about it, probably does not care about it at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny. Um, so, so, yeah, so all of these people ended up testifying in court, and each person has their own perspective right. on what happened right. and um you know one of the critics from variety or sports illustrated or something said it was like rashomon <laughs> with an o henry twist where <laughs> you look at the same story through all these different perspectives mm -hmm. and you know one person is claiming that they got bit in the leg <laughs> and and then you go look at the video and it looks like this kid is actually bitten the leg oh my God. and um and it's it, it's fascinating to me to spend so much time examining this like two minutes of video because you can just follow one person through the whole thing and kind of try and figure out okay this is what they're seeing and this is why they didn't maybe see this other thing because they had their head pointed this way and oh um, <laughs> uh yeah it was it's surreal the whole thing um and uh, so yeah, so the court case, it's funny because normally I wouldn't give away what happened when I'm talking to people about this because right. I made this movie that is, it's kind of suspenseful because you're wondering what, What's what ends happen? up happening. Mm -hmm. But at this point it's hard to find the movie. So I, <laughs> I no longer feel, um, bashful about giving away the ending and you can just look it up. Right. Um, but yeah, so after an 18 month court case, uh, and this is a state case. Yeah, yeah. We're all, it's, you know, judgment day comes and we're all there waiting to see what happens. Mm -hmm. And um, the judge does the thing that no one is expecting where he basically says that the two people fighting over this baseball both have equal ownership over it and the balls to be sold and the profits are to be split between them, hmm. um, which you know for when we were making a movie about it it felt kind of like oh what happened to our ending right like, that's no ending right. <laughs> the, it's like know? it's probably the fair thing to do but it sucks for the story right thanks, yeah and it's like thanks oh, your honor yeah yeah <laughs> oh so if this was a baby we just cut it in right. half and <laughs> one side gets one um so it but then it ended up then it was so strange how they then kind of the two guys who were fighting over it for a year and a half then all of a sudden kind of had to 
be friends together and yeah exactly and like oh yeah no this is great and we're just you know because now it's like okay now let's see how much money we can get for this thing Mm -hmm. and and it's this kind of tainted ball for the last 18 months that everyone just loved to hate Mm -hmm. you know because they're like oh my gosh what are these guys doing just give it to the hall of fame or give it to barry bonds why are you spending 18 months paying for lawyers to fight over this thing right um so it ends up going to this auction in new york city and um and gets, I mean, the Barry Bonds, I mean, excuse me, the Mark McGuire ball sold for like $3 million. Wow. So that was the price tag that people were kind of going mm-hmm. to the baseball park that Sunday afternoon thinking, I'm going to get $3 million if I catch this baseball. Um, it ended up selling for like 400000 something. Wow. Like less than $500,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of that was... I think the, you know, people were just sick of this story. Mm-hmm. People didn't like Barry Bonds anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, it was kind of like a perfect storm of doom right. for the profitability of this ball. I wonder if 200 grand would cover each of their lawyer fees it at that point. totally did not. I was going to say. <laughs> wow. And um, I remember. Maybe uh, for the first three months. But yeah, yeah, but exactly. But 15. Right. Jesus. And yeah, I remember ted my reporter just saying oh my gosh i'm so happy i didn't end up with that ball because at first he was thinking it was i was right there like you know and then once you step away you're like all right i was working i couldn't have kept it anyway but you know we watched this whole thing happen it's like wow this really was kind of like a cursed ball (laughs) right you know like it just everything that happened around it was didn't seem to be a good thing that's a better story than the than the the judgment Mm-hmm. right yeah and that was another time where we're like oh no the ball sold for like almost nothing like <laughs> you know it was another time where we're thinking our movie's gonna be terrible no one's gonna care but when you kind of step back and look at it all it's like yeah well it's just kind of a karmic retribution of you know if if it was just given away you know given back to the major league baseball or to the hall of fame or something like that then it probably would have been a very positive experience, but on the other hand, you have this 18-month court case, and then some lawyers end up not getting paid back, and there's other cases that start as a result of that, and it ends up just being this whole snowball, um, yeah, that was completely unpredictable on that day, and uh, and we ended up, you know, having a movie come out that kind of chronicled this whole thing and and by the time it was all said and done i felt like well i think foreigners are gonna like this because (laughs) (laughs) it really makes americans not look that great Mm -hmm. and um it's such an american thing baseball and litigious society (laughs) i don't think i was there for his last one (laughs) um but i was there for a number of um ones after 73 you know like the 500th and i think he hit the 500th and 600th maybe um and we were actually there shooting for the film with people from the film who were there and you know like it this fraternity again continued and these people would then start going to games together and um and everyone's always hoping to catch the next (laughs) bonds ball um i love it they're not deterred they're just yeah like, we've been yeah. through it but we still want it <laughs> right <laughs> and i'm happy that it seems like barry's finally 
getting some love from the Giants after yeah. a long time of yeah. of not. And I mean, he, yeah, he was. Yeah, that was so exciting when he was yeah. playing and hitting home runs like almost yeah. every game. I I remember just having such excitement when you know like okay he's coming up in the next inning you know like i'm just going to kind of keep one eye on the tv and as soon mm -hmm. as he's up just give full attention and mm -hmm. um yeah it was good times and i'm glad that that wasn't the peak of <laughs> giants excitement yeah <laughs> exactly because <laughs> exactly. yeah um that 2002 season was rough watch the documentary Josh helped make about the home run and ensuing legal battle over the baseball, go to the storied San Francisco channel on YouTube, where you'll find Up for Grabs. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald, a.k.a. Joe Begale. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Michelle's photos will be featured in an all-woman photo show called Dreams on Thursday, April 19th at the 1090 Gallery, 1090 Bryant Street in San Francisco. Please remember to follow Storied San Francisco on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All the episodes and Michelle's photos of storytellers are up on our website, StoriedSF. Other ways to listen include Google Play, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. You can reach us by email at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Check back next week to hear San Francisco stories from Mississippi Mike.